Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Welcome to the Liturgical Lowdown for the month of February. I'm your host, Lisa Cotter, and in this episode, I'll be giving you insights, histories, and ideas on how to celebrate and integrate the liturgical life of the Catholic Church into your own home this month. If this is your first time listening in on a liturgical lowdown, scroll back to Season 4, Episode 4, How to Liturgical Living, and give it a listen to get the most out of this episode. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Happy February to you. It is time for the shortest month of the year. Although it is short, it is not lacking in liturgical fun. So, um, as you will see. So let's go ahead and get started looking at what is going on in the church this month, beginning with the church's monthly devotion for the month of February. So this month, as a church, we are going to be praying and focusing on, not really praying, that's kind of the wrong word, we're going to be focusing on the Holy Family. That is this month's devotion. It's to the Holy Family. Now, oftentimes when we have a monthly devotion, the feast day to that devotion falls within the month in which it's being focused on. But the Feast of the Holy Family is actually celebrated on the Sunday during the Christmas octave. So between Christmas and New Year's, and that's just not the case this month. But in February, we are invited to contemplate the Holy Family, which would be Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and to look to them as a model for our own Christian families. So some ways to pray this month. I um, will link to a prayer to the Holy Family uh, that comes from catholicculture.org. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I get a lot of resources and ideas and uh, history from catholicculture.org. So if you ever want to poke around on that website, they have a specific liturgical year tab that just has a wealth of knowledge if you ever want to know more and more and more about the liturgical year. That's the place to go, catholicculture.org. So I will link to their prayer to the Holy Family um, and some activities this month. This would be a great month to read Pope St. John Paul II's Familiaris Consortio which is on the family, or his letter to families, which is shorter. So if you're like, I don't want to read a whole encyclical, that's overwhelming, you can just read his letter, and that'll probably sum up his thoughts, perhaps. So this would be a great month for that, as we focus on the Holy Family, thinking about our own families, which we are all a part of a family, um, even if we don't have our own children, of course. Some decor for this month would be to place an image of the Holy Family on your altar, on your family kind of prayer space or yeah, little prayer corner in your home. And a craft that I will throw your way that would be fun if you have not jumped on the Wooden Saint doll bandwagon. I talked about them in the November issue with All Saints. They're just these little peg dolls that people paint to make into the image of saints. As kids love playing with them, but they're just so darn cute. You don't even have to have kids for them. You can make a little wooden Saint doll holy family. So a little Mary, Jesus, and Joseph would be a fun craft to do 
this month to celebrate. So this month's Pope's intention, the monthly intention of Pope Francis is a um, intention for human trafficking. It says, for a generous welcome to the victims of human trafficking, enforced prostitution, and violence. That is a very good thing to be praying for. Um, it is. It feels unfathomable but that, that we live in a time where there is still forced slavery and trafficking and enforced prostitution, as it says. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing, but it is a reality of our time. And so we do need to be praying for deliverance of those victims. So some actions to take would be one is writing that intention on your chalkboard or dry erase board or letter board and place it in your prayer space. That might be a difficult one this month if you have kids um, who maybe don't yet understand things like prostitution and such. Um, Another thing that I would offer, however, is to support ministries that are fighting human trafficking. And I'm sure there are some great ones in the Catholic Church, but there are two in particular that I um, that I am a big fan of that are both Protestant. The first one is IJM, which is International Justice Mission. They do amazing work working with local governments and uh, basically doing raids. They basically go undercover and they... Um, get on the inside of, of these places where trafficking is, trafficking is going on and they, they break in and they free slaves. It takes months and sometimes years to get to a point where they can actually come in and, and do a raid, but they've done some amazing, amazing work. Um, they're here in the States, but they, they work all over the world. Um, and then secondly is the Starfish Project. I love Starfish Project. They help, um, victims of trafficking to get back on their feet, particularly in Asia. And so basically after um, a woman has has been brought out of trafficking, this is in particular enforced prostitution, they help her then to uh, start her life again. And what they do is they make jewelry, which is really cool. And you can actually purchase that jewelry. So a great way to uh, support those working in human trafficking freedom is to go to Starfish Project and get some beautiful jewelry and give it to your friends and wear it yourself. It's a it's a really cool organization. Okay, so that is the monthly intention from Pope Francis. Before we dive into our our feast days, just a few more things of note this month. There's kind of a lot going on this month. February is a real transitional month in the church typically. Usually um, between the end, well, okay, so first of all, we are in ordinary time. Um, and between the end of Christmas season and the start of Lent, which is on Ash Wednesday, so kind of mid-January to sometime between mid-February to early March, we're in this ordinary time. And this period of ordinary time has a special name. It's called Carnival. That's kind of the traditional name for it is Carnival. Carne meaning meat and vale meaning farewell. So it's this meat farewell. It used to be in the church that Advent was more intense and it was a time of fasting. And so this season, this short, roughly, you know, four to six week season was the only time that people could eat meat for quite some time because you'd go from Advent to carnival into Lent, and so there was a lot of fasting going on. So this Carnivale Carnival was the time to eat meat and do a little bit of celebrating or a little bit of, um, I guess, normal living. <laughs> so to this day, Carnival is still celebrated throughout the world, especially here in the United States. 
uh, Cajun country down in the south. They live it up and in many parts of Europe. Uh, it's also known, I think Venice is a big place for a carnival. Um, it's kind of given that name of Mardi Gras season though. So Mardi Gras, yeah, it's one day, that day before Ash Wednesday. But if you live in a different part of the world, it's a Mardi Gras season. It's a whole season. So last year I did a whole episode with my Louisiana raised Cajun friend, Mallory Smythe, who you might know from Endow. She does a weekly video for Endow. If you've never checked those out, you should definitely check them out. She's such a Cajun queen. It's so fun. Um, so I did a whole episode with her where she kind of explains her experiences growing up in Cajun country and what Mardi Gras meant to her and the traditions that are built around it. So if you're wondering about what is this carnival season, it's, you know, Mardi Gras, not just about New Orleans and all the beads and parades and not so good stuff. There's a whole lot more to it. So you can check out that episode to learn a bit more about what goes on during carnival. All right, so that is um, season three, episode eight, and I will link to that in the show notes. Now, often February is when Lent begins, but this year, this is 2019, it is not beginning until March, March 6th, actually. So this whole month is going to be ordinary time. Um, so that makes it easy for as we are discussing what's going on here. But as you prepare for Lent, I'll also offer uh, season one, episode 15 of the How to Catholic podcast is a how to Lent episode, which really we probably should have labeled how to resolutions, where we just specifically talk about how to make great Lenten resolutions. So as you're starting to think about what are you going to do for Lent towards the end of this month here, um, I will link to that episode as well. If you want some motivation and ideas for how to make great resolutions so that Lent isn't just something that passes by, but something that makes a change in your life. Last thing before we get into our feast days that I'm very excited about is recently I was introduced to a new, I'm going to call it a ministry because in, in, in some ways it is, or it's more an apostolate. There you go. Apostolate called Catholic Family Crate. So Catholic Family Crate, brand new Catholic service out there for Catholic families. And it's based here in Denver, and last week I got to meet with the creator, Elisa, and I am just so excited about what she is up to and her team. She's got a huge team that's helping her out with this. Basically what they're offering are Catholic subscription boxes and they're filled with all kinds of goodies that make liturgical living and living your faith in your home really simple and easy. And I like this a lot. It's kind of a Catholic hack right here. So um, they just started. They've only done two boxes, but it was a smashing success, uh, those two boxes that they've done. They've already built up a really um, strong base of um, subscribers, and they've got a box coming out for Lent that she was able to share with me, and it was filled with so many great items. There were some custom products that they made. For example, they made these. They hired a, a graphic artist, um, or maybe, I don't know if, I don't think it's graphic. I think these were actual like hand-drawn um, stations of the cross on these beautiful cards. And then they're sending along um, some, a way to display them as, as well as the, the station cards that you can display throughout in your home throughout the season of Lent. They also had a sticker chart that they made that's 
kind of the path of Lent with all the days so your kids can mark the days and then put certain stickers down. So when it's a uh, Friday day, there's little fish stickers you can put on there. Or if it's a Feast of St. Joseph, there's a special sticker for that. And it's all so, so well done. And then in addition to products that have been custom made that they have created, there's also products that are already out there on the market that they've bought in mass and then are sharing with you all. So for example, in their advent box, they had drinking with St. Nick was one of the books that was in the, in the crate. For Lent, they've got Elizabeth Voss's Lenten devotional all above, which if you're not familiar with Elizabeth Voss, just Google her. She's phenomenal. A great Lenten devotional there. And then to top it off, they put together this guide of all the products that are in the box and tons of other bonus material. Sometimes there's um, recipes or arts. They look at like art in depth, uh, like art for the season. So all kinds of stuff that's in there. And I just, I really appreciate what they're doing because it's, it's something that's done for the church, but it's, it's being done really well. And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, because it's church, it's okay if it's a subpar product, but that is not the approach they are taking here. So all that to say, when we met, she said, hey, would you want to set up an affiliate link where, you know, you'd be able to get a kickback if people made a purchase? And I said, that's cool. But actually what I would love to do because I love you, dear podcast listeners, is to just pass that savings or whatever I would make from the affiliate link, I would love to pass it on to my listeners. So instead of having an affiliate link, what I have for you instead is a discount code. So if you go to the website, which I will, um, it's catholicfamilycrate.com, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I don't have that in my notes. But if you go to the show notes, I will have a link there for you. And if you use the code how to Catholic, all capitalized, how to Catholic, T-O, two, you can get 20% off your crate. So that is my little Lenten gift to you. I hope you check it out. And um, I rarely, rarely share products like this, but I'm just so excited about the, what they're doing. And like I said, I get no kickback, but this will help you to live liturgical life in your home without having to think about it. So that's why I really believe in what they're doing. And I, I hope that you guys appreciate it too. So go check it out. 20% off how to Catholic. That's your code. Okay. Time for feasts. Feasts for this month. We're going to do some deep dives here. And then I will list out a couple of the extra ones to round out the month. So starting at the beginning of the month, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the first of every month has a cool feast day. I feel like I'm constantly talking about on the first of each month. So for this month, February 1st, is the Feast of St. Bridget of Ireland. Not to be confused with Bridget of Sweden, and this is Bridget, not Bridget, which is, you know, rough if your name is Bridget because you're constantly having to explain that to people. And this is a feast in Ireland, so you're not going to see it on the United States calendar if you're here in the States like me. But it is a feast in Ireland, and Bridget is the patron saint of Ireland. Kevin and I are our Irish, our family heritage there. So I got to bring her in. Now, Bridget, she was born in 451 and died in 525. So she lived around the time of St. Patrick. And in fact, it's said that he baptized her mother, which is pretty cool. And there's a lot of tales about St. Bridget from uh, a white cow with red ears nursing her. I don't know why that detail was so important, the color of the cow. Um, But somehow this cow nourished her when she was a baby. And so this is why she's the patron of dairy maids and cattle and newborn babies. Uh, another tale or story, I guess, around her would be that um, 
one time she gave away all the family butter and miraculously it was all replenished so she didn't get in trouble. Uh, down to the story of somehow she took the king's jeweled sword and gave it to a beggar so he could sell it. So all kinds of stories about St. Bridget. Uh, how much of it is true, we don't know. But what we do know is that she was a holy and generous woman who eventually founded two monasteries, one for men and uh, one for women. And she started a school of art where they did a lot of metalwork and illumination um, for sacred scripture. So some ways to celebrate St. Bridget. I will link to a prayer, uh, O Holy St. Bridget, that prayer that you can pray on that day. And there are several, are a couple books. Uh, there's Bridget's Cloak and Bridget and the Butter, two fun books uh, for kids that I will link to. And also there's The Life of St. Bridget, Abbess of Kildare. So those are three books. There you go. Three books for you that I will link to because the Irish love their St. Bridget. So there's, there's definitely books about her. And there's also an audio story, um, the life of St. Bridget. I will link to that from ancient faith that you could pick up. And for food on this day, there are just tons of Irish options, Irish food you can eat, particularly all you got to do is throw on potatoes and you're totally good. So I will link to those from Catholic cuisine. And then Bridget is known for, there's a, a particular cross. It's the St. Bridget cross. You've probably seen it. Um, it's usually made out of like, um, not straw, but like, not straw, not reeds, like some kind of, there's some kind of a word for it. But uh, it makes a cross that's all the sides are equal and then it's tied with like the grass. I probably should have looked up what you call that. But um I will link to a article that shows you how to make that particular cross. That's something I have done uh, with the, the kids before Megata St. Bridget cross on her feast day. So that's a fun and simple craft. In fact, I think we do it with like, um, pipe cleaners because that's easier. So there you go. All right. February 2nd is the solemnity. We got a solemnity here of the presentation. It is not a holy day of obligation, but it is a solemnity, which means it's the highest of feasts. So you should do something on this day. This day is also known as Candlemas and is also known as Groundhog's Day here in the United States. And you might be thinking, well, that's really random. What does the presentation and Groundhog's Day have to do with each other? Well, it's actually not random. There's an old English poem that says, as the light grows longer, the cold grows stronger. If Candlemas be fair and bright, winter will have another fight. If Candlemas be cloud and rain, winter will be gone and not come again. Because that's how you make it rhyme, again. Well, it's believed, um, as you can kind of see, there's some hints here of Groundhog's Day, the weather predicting uh, how much more winter we have. It's believed that the early German settlers in America... Um, added in the groundhog and that would help them determine if the sky was fair or cloudy based upon whether or not the groundhog could see his shadow. So thanks to Phil, we've now taken a Catholic tradition and added groundhog and here we are. So there you go. All right. On the Feast of the Presentation here, now that we know the connection with it to Groundhog's Day, some things you can do. Um, well, at first, let's talk about what is the presentation. Um, so the account is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And this happens 40 days after Christmas. 
which is what would happen for any Jewish family. Two things would happen on this 40th day in a Jewish family. The first, day, the first thing is that the firstborn baby would be brought to the temple to be presented to the priests, and that's the presentation. They would come and present their child. And then secondly, the mother would go through a ritual purification so that she would no longer be considered unclean from giving childbirth. So in the Jewish tradition at the time, anything involving blood made you unclean. So she had this period where she was not allowed to participate in worship, and then after the 40 days, she would go to the temple for this ritual, and then she would be able to participate in worship again. And part of this process, there was a sin offering of either a lamb or two turtle doves. And as we know from the story of the presentation, Joseph and Mary, not having much money, offered the two turtle doves. So, um, and then the last part of that story that, that you'll hear that, that might be familiar to you is this is when they meet Simeon and Anna and when it's foretold that, that Jesus is destined to suffer. So that is the history of the presentation, but why is it called Candlemas? Well, this is the traditional day in the church where, where candles are blessed for the year. So uh, you can ask your, your parish priest, many parishes do this, you can bring your own candles to Mass on Candlemas and have them blessed for your home. So that's kind of a neat thing. We That's something we try to do is bring some candles in to put at our family altars, and then we have blessed candles. So for today, a good prayer to pray would be the fourth joyful mystery, which is the presentation. And an activity would be to gather some candles to take to mass to have them blessed. And you could even take it a step further. We've done this before. You can make your own candles, which is pretty cool. Now, if you're going to do this, in order to be liturgically accurate, they need to have the majority of the wax needs to be beeswax. That's a real thing. Any mass candles are the major, majority of the wax within them are beeswax. And it's because the wax produced by honeybees is considered the sweetest and the most pure of waxes. And so it's the most appropriate type of um, wax to use at mass. So there you go. So take your candles to church, get them blessed. Uh, one final thing we do is sometimes, um, I've only done this once, but one year I was at the Dollar Tree and they had a whole bunch of like dove stuff in the wedding section. And they had these little bubbles, these little bubbles with two turtle doves on top. And so I bought turtle dove bubbles and we blew those because it's fun. Why not? All right. Next, next one is February 11th, which is Our Lady of Lourdes. This is perhaps a Marian apparition that you're familiar with, but if not, I'll fill you in. So it was in Lourdes, France on February 11th, 1858, hence the date of this feast day, February 11th, that Mary appeared to a 14-year-old peasant girl named Bernadette. And she continued to appear to Bernadette 17 more times that year. And then eventually, through those apparitions, revealed herself to be the Immaculate Conception. For a long time, Bernadette just called her the Lady. And then she asked her her name, and she said, I am the Immaculate Conception. And also through her visits, a miraculous spring that has healing powers was um, brought forth through Bernadette digging in the ground per the instructions of Mary. And then this spring sprang forth, and to this day, water still flows from that spring and people go there in, in mass to bathe in the waters and to drink of the water. 
of this spring here at Lord's France and many, many healings have been uh, granted, uh, miraculous healings have been granted through these waters, which is why today is also, or February 11th, is also World Day of Prayer for the Sick. So you might see that on your uh, Catholic calendar that you got from your parish. It, it should say on there that it's also the World Day of Prayer for the Sick, fitting for, for the day. So some ways to pray today. Uh, the prayer that I'm going to link to is Pope St. John Paul II's prayer to Our Lady of Lords. Always good to pray the words of the Pope, so we can do that. A couple of books that I will link to as well for uh, kiddos, and there is an audio story about Our Lady of Lords in uh, the Truth to Inspire series. I will link to that. And then movies. Of course, there's the Song of Bernadette. I think I mentioned this last month because January, or is it December, is the month of the Immaculate Conception. Um, so Song of Bernadette, if you didn't see it yet, you still need to see it. It's phenomenal. It's from 1943. And then Bernadette, Princess of Lords, which is a CCC. You can get that on form.org there. Uh, food for today. I've never done this, but I've seen these many times. People on this day will make edible grottos, which the grotto would be the place where Mary appeared is, is at the grotto. It's a rock formation basically. And so they'll make it out of rice crispy treats. Specifically, they'll make cocoa pebbles. So it's brown and then you get this cool grotto. So I will link to some examples of those. That's just a super fun one to do. And then there's also a Our Lady of Lords grotto making kit that you can get. And I will link to that. It's just a very simple little like a wall hanging garado that you could get to make. Next is February 14th, which we are all familiar with that date. Of course, it is the feast of St. Cyril and Methodius. That's their memorial that day. That's right. It's not the feast of St. Valentine. It's the feast of St. Cyril and Methodius. They are Slavic brothers who are most known for perfecting the Slavonic alphabet which is now also known as the Cyrillic alphabet. And they translated the, the liturgy into that Slavonic slash Cyrillic language. However, I know we all know today as Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day. So let's talk about that. Okay, so St. Valentine is not actually on the official like liturgical calendar. Um, he, I think it just was when they kind of cleaned house several decades ago, he was just kind of too unverifiable. So they took him off. But what we do know about St. Valentine um, is that he was technically, well, he's technically known as St. Valentine of Rome. So he was from Rome and he was a physician who was generous with those who could not afford to pay for care. So that's kind of roughly what we know about St. Valentine. So I will link to a couple of books about St. Valentine that give his story as a saint and I mean, you know what to do for Valentine's Day. There's so many foods and crafts. And if you ever went to grade school, which you probably did, you probably have plenty of ideas. It involves lots of hearts and things. Um, Cupids, I don't know where those came in. I didn't research that one. But I'll link to a couple of Catholic sites that give ideas for foods and crafts that you can do to make it a little more Catholic. Okay, last one. January 22nd, the chair of St. Peter, which is a feast day. Now, this day is basically a day where we are celebrating the unity of the church, which was founded upon the apostle, well, founded on Jesus, right? Um, but 
also apostolic secession and Jesus passing it on to Peter and so on and so forth. So we're celebrating kind of the magisterium and the popes and everything that has to do with apostolic succession and things. So today would be a great day to pray for Pope Francis and as well as Pope Emeritus Benedict and to ask for the intercession of past popes past popes. So pick your favorite popes and uh, ask for them to pray for you on January 22nd. Activities for today. One thing I will link to is how to make a paper miter. That is coming from my mommy blog. It is probably the most popular post from my mommy blog. People love the paper miter. So I will link to that, how to make an origami one that you can actually wear, like it's big enough to wear. And Another fun thing to do today would be to check out, uh, I will link to a, a YouTube of this. There is in Rome or outside of Rome, there is a basilica. Um, is that the right word? Yes. A basilica, St. Paul outside the wall. It's one of the four major basilicas. And in St. Paul outside the wall, they have a circular mosaic of every Pope of the entire Catholic church. So you can look through and see an image of every Pope from Peter to Pope Francis, all in order, a mosaic of them with their names below it, which is really cool to go see, to see that succession. Um, now, of course, there are theories about, well, when they run out of room, that's when the world's going to end. And if you look at it, it looks as if there's only one more space left after Pope Francis, but really there's like other walls they could move to. So it's not really going to be necessarily the end of the world. We're not going to know the time or the place, right? That's what we're promised. So, you know, sorry that theory's out. But I will link to a YouTube where you can see some images or you could just even search yourself um, the images of the Pope set. St. Paul outside the wall. It's really cool. Okay. For everything else, I'm just going to link to, I've used her several times, Shower of Roses. There is an incredible page of just resource upon resource upon resource. And she even has a whole lap book that she's made, a papal lap book, which is like file folders and all these little booklety things that you make and glue in there. And they're really quite fun. We used to make those quite a bit when we were homeschooling. But now that we're not, I tried to make one with my son recently and I completely failed, but they're really cool. Lap book and tons of links to books on the popes. So stories of Pope John Paul II or Pope Benedict or Pope Francis or other popes. I'm sure you can find some books there if you want to read up on some popes that day and learn about the popes that day. Uh, there's also games that she has an entire unit study. I mean, there's just everything you could ever want for studying and learning about apostolic succession and popes is going to be on there. So there's really no point in my reinventing the wheel. So I'm just going to link right to that. All right. That is it for our deep dives. Now I will just quickly run through just four more feast days of notes for the month of February. The first is on February 3rd, the feast of St. Blaise. That is the day where you can go and get your throat blessed. St. Blaise was a bishop and martyr, and the story goes that he saved a child from choking on a fish bone. So we can get candles blessed on the second, and then we can get our throats blessed on the third. So two days, mark it on your calendar. Make sure you get to church those days. I think the third is actually a Sunday, so you're definitely going to get there this year. Ask your priest if he will do the throat blessings after mass. It's two candles and an X, and you put them on the neck and... Maybe you've done it before, but uh, we always try to get our throats blessed. 
On the 8th of February is the optional memorial of Josephine Bakita. She was just canonized not too long ago in 2000. She was born in Sudan and then captured by slave traders and sold into slavery. slavery. And then eventually she ended up in Italy and was granted her freedom. And um, I believe her last family, who, who the family who gave her freedom was a Catholic family. I don't know, perhaps they perhaps they bought her so she could be free. I've heard stories of people doing that. I sorry, I should have researched that before I even said that, but here we go. I don't have time to go back and edit these things. So she became a religious sister after that and lived her life in Rome and, um, just an amazing inspiration, amazing story. You should look up Josephine. And on the 10th is the feast of St. Scholastica, who is the twin of St. Benedict. And on the 20th is the, um, the memorial of St. Francisco and Jacinta. They are two of the three children who Our Lady appeared to at Fatima. And they were just made saints in May 2017. So it's still kind of new to get to celebrate them. So that's it. That is it for the liturgical lowdown. As always, the how-to challenge is to pick two things, just two things, and use that hashtag HowToCatholic to share what you are doing in your home this month to celebrate the liturgical year. For all the links to the ideas, prayers, resources, books, anything that I shared, you can find them all in the show notes at madetomagnify.com. Until next month, be saints. It's worth it.